You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Love is in the air. Every day, 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 day. I don't know the words. Nice. It's that Valentine's was, Day. That was unexpected. Go on, you, you, let's have are your... you serenading me? No. Okay. I'm uh, singing uh, Love is in the Air. Don't the you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody See, that to one's, love? That one's more appropriate. Cause exactly. That one fits you in. You better with... find somebody to love. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> you want me to go on? No, I'm waiting until you stop, actually. <laughs> so, uh, it's Sunday, February the 14th, uh, Hallmark Valentine's Day. Why are you even acknowledging it if it irritates you so much? Um, it, this is a holiday. It's not a holiday. This is a, no. a day that irritates the crap out of you. Any any invented holidays? Every holiday is invented. No, I mean, ones that are not religious. Oh. Oh, those aren't invented. Well, some could say yes, some could say no. Who could argue that it was like Well, a lot of people would argue. <laughs> JC himself would argue. And some people might say that St. Valentine's Day is a religious holiday. It isn't. <laughs> anyway. What, was a, you, what did you say to me? You don't need Hallmark to tell you, to tell me how much you love no, me. Because you love me every day. Exactly. And That's I don't awesome. need to buy some stupid thing what they're selling me. And in honor of that, we bought each other nothing, except no, I did we both, buy you. We both bought each other some chocolates. Correct. I bought, yes, you did. Yes. I bought you a heart of chocolates, and you bought a box of rose... English chocolates. Right. Roses. So, yeah, we did buy some chocolates. Did you know the reason that I bought your uh, Valentine chocolate a week ago was because I knew I was leaving... It was on sale. I'm leaving today, and I wouldn't get a chance to eat it, so I decided to buy it. It's all gone now. (laughs) A few days early. That's very selfish. Anyway. Yes. Uh, So, it's Sunday, February the 14th, 2010. This is after the show number 109. And just let me say straight up before we go into what the movie is this week. There will not be an after the show next week, which would be Sunday the 21st of February. No, you could do it on your own. No. So, there will be one the week after. This is the first one. I think we should do two the next week to make up, and we should never... We shouldn't be down by one, but that's up to you. Well, whatever. So... There, there will be one or two the week after then. Oh, we should do two the week after and keep one in reserve. <laughs> the lost show. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there won't be one next week for reasons we'll mention later. But there will be one the week after. So we're just missing a week, not two weeks. So just listen to this one again. Or go back and start over. from. The yeah, you've probably not listened to them all. So <laughs> go back and listen to number 82. And 71. I don't know what 82 is. And 12. Alright, so um, the movie we're looking at this week is A Serious Man. It's a 2009 movie, a 2010 Blu-ray release from our friends at Universal. It's out on Blu-ray and DVD on Tuesday the 9th of February, which was mm, just recently. This week. This Tuesday. Anyway, this is, a, this is a movie that's up for Best Picture and another Oscar for Best Screenwriting... Don't look at me, because I don't know. Screenwriting something. I didn't read all it's the up for two. It's up for two awards, anyway. Um, in the Oscars, which is on the 7th of March. Is the Best Picture category the only one that has ten? Yes. Okay. Because um, so that yes. make for a long ceremony. Yeah, the ceremony is extended by an hour this year. Another hour. Awesome. So it'll be 18 hours long. <laughs> 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 well, so, the way we watch it, it is. Yeah. Because we... No, it won't. We'll watch it tape delayed. Correct. As they, as they say. So, um, 
Yeah, we won't be watching it live because we got rid of our uh, cable TV. Correct. But we will be watching it on the internet. Via, via the internet. So, um, yeah, this is A Serious Man, uh, and you're going to tell us what it's all about. It is about a middle-aged Jewish professor of calculus, I believe, mathematics, physics, physics, who physics. is finding some crises, crises in his life. In 1967. In 1967. In his marriage, in possibly his profession, in his faith, um, things kind of falling apart. And it's just that. It's a... It's a Character looking, study. Yeah. Looking for... Well, it's really looking for the meaning of life. Uh, kind of thing. Not the meaning of life, but how you get through it all when shit starts falling apart. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure if the Coen brothers would appreciate that exact description, but... That's no. what I get from it. I like the Coen... Uh, we saw a little clip of the Coen Brothers talking, and I like... When they talk about this movie, it's almost like they don't even... 100%... They wrote it, but they 100% don't... They kind of throw it up in the air to like, whatever. When people ask us the meaning of it, we're not really sure there is one. Like, right, and the one thing might... I kept coming to is the title. And then in the movie, of course, referring to him, be a serious man, I want to be a serious man. And I think... A serious man. I don't know. I have no clue whatsoever if this is part of the Jewish community. Kind of a saying that they say you are a serious man or something. But I equate that with us saying to a, you know, anybody, grow up. Yeah. You need to grow up, be an adult. Kind of grow up and take it all in. And in this case, it's like, am I supposed to be the serious man who has the house and the lawn and the kids who yell and the job where I'm all stressed out and... You know, I, I tensed up all the time and just waiting for something bad to happen. Is that what being a serious man is about? Or is it when everything starts going wrong, I shake it off and I let it go. And I think, okay, now what's next? I, I'll deal with this and I'll move on. You know, what's the serious man? So I like looking at it that way. Like, So uh, moving on to the movie of a serious man. That oh, was that, that was the synopsis still. was <laughs> it? <laughs> you kind of uh, went I rambled. Um, so yeah, the the movie itself, uh, this is uh, directed by the Coen brothers who I'm a massive fan of. I've been since Blood Simple and um, Fargo and Barton Fink. You know, we, the, we've seen a lot of movies by the Coen brothers. And I said to you the other day, I feel like the Coen brothers just churn out movies. Like, uh, I'll th- they'll do a really good movie and then I'll turn around and a, a DVD will arrive and I'll be like, another Coen Brothers movie? Where, where the hell did they get time to make another one in between? They're you know? little worker bees. And they've got another one coming as well. Like, you know, so they uh, do make... They don't like to lay back and lavish in the cash. They just like no. to go out there. So, um, yes, uh, it's a Coen Brothers movie. It's got the Coen Brothers feel. It's more, it's more burn after reading than um, oh, brother, No Country for Old Men. Huh? Is Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah. It's not that. No. It's not that end of the spectrum. No, and it's not no. It's not no farcical at all. It's not no country for all no, men no, no. spectrum. Um, I feel like it's not like anything. No, it's, it's not. not. And their movies are very different. But and I don't feel like it is. There again, has they their do have a either. they do have a tie. They do have also have a feel. You can tell it's them. I I can. I don't think you would if you didn't know. I honestly don't. I think other than the real serious I think you would know it was if if you weren't told, but you'd know there was somebody of quality or something behind the movie. Like, it's not just a... There's something very... I don't know. Close up and personal all the time. I'm very slick about the way they... The, 
the cinematography, the the, the look. The... They kind of hand that over to the best people they could find, though. Yeah. So you have to give credit where credit is due. You, I don't know that the Coen brothers are masters of design and composition. Seems like they are when you I watch the they movies. Hand, I know, but that guy is... Yeah, he's that guy. He's the main dude who does other... I mean, like, award-winning guy. I forget his name. Award-winning guy. That's his name. <laughs> with the gray hair. With the long gray hair. <laughs> so, um, this movie... Uh, you know, I'm not Jewish. I'm not familiar with Jewish customs. I feel like I am now. A little bit more. Yeah. I feel educated. Yeah, totally. You don't need to be familiar with Jewish customs to follow. And in fact, there was a there's a interesting extra that kind of explains yeah. with pop-up cliff notes what all the Jewish things are that they're talking about in the movie. Now, when I read them, it did give me more insight into what they were saying. But actually, I thought to myself, I actually kind of... Yeah. Got what they were saying. Well, it's like watching The Godfather. I don't live in a mafiosa family, but no. I kind of understand well, what they're talking about. Well, there's terms here, isn't you know? yeah. there? That play that or Catholic. I have no idea what they were talking about. I just thought, well, that's a Jewish religious term. And I kind of got the gist of what Out it was. Other context. Yeah. Like what I do with you and your Cockney rhyming slang in some of the Even. shows and movies that we watch. <laughs> my Cockney rhyming? No, not I'm yours. Fr- yeah, right. <laughs> we do occasionally. One slips out and you just casually... Cockney rhyming slang's from London, so... It won't yeah, but you do sometimes. So, um, I uh, really enjoyed this movie. I think it's skillfully... It's just really... Quality. You know, um, one of the things that stuck out to me is... I didn't know many of the actors. They were almost like there was faces what I thought. There's faces that I thought were familiar, but when I looked them up, they weren't right. Like, and then there's faces that I've never seen before. So that that I think that made the movie a lot better for me because everybody was like really amazing in it. Everybody and the lead guy. You know, Mm. we'll talk about him later, but the. They made the movie. I mean, it's a character Completely. piece. Completely. Yeah. The kid, perfect. And I think it's better that way than, you know, if top stars were playing the... If this was a star-studded ensemble piece, like Burn After Reading, for instance, which was a star-studded kind of deal. Where when the person hits the screen, you're like, oh, Brad Pitt, yeah. oh, George Clooney, I don't, oh, I, I think that Margo detracts Lady. from the story a little bit sometimes because you do subconsciously do that. But this, I didn't know anybody, really. I mean, there was one guy who I thought I knew. Did you know anybody? Familiar, like you said, but not... But not like familiar. The, not. When I looked him up, I was like... Like the uh, woman I like, the neighbor lady. I'm like, who is but that? No, but she's just on TV. Yeah, and I don't ever watch those shows. Yeah. No. So, I think that really helped the story. And the story itself, what I thought about it was... It's the story of this guy. He's just a... It's 1967. I think the period's covered perfectly. Like, you know, uh, there's no... Woo, 1967. There's no out of... Uh, you never think, oh crap, look, they left a 4x4 uh, in the background <laughs> or an iPod, yeah. So it's perfect in that respect. Um, and the story of this guy, and it's kind of like a downhill slide, like, it, I mean, it's not, it's not completely grim, but it's pretty grim for this guy. It's like... The, I'm not, I disagree with you. For me, it's the bad parts of life like, all hitting at once. And I, dis- I disagree, because I think it's like... It's like cracking a can that's under pressure, and all of a sudden he's, he's, you know, the. You don't think there was any bad things happening? I'm not saying there aren't bad things happening. I'm saying it's. I mean, the guy's going through it. Don't say whatever happened. Don't say what's happening. Well, I I don't think I don't think some of these things are spoilers. The the first thing, like they start in the first few minutes, like 
His wife wants his a marriage has a problem. Yeah. yeah. So that's one bad thing because. And then, you know... We don't lay it out. I mean, we don't want to say. Because to me, part of it was, like, discovering all that. I don't want to tell people that. All I'm saying is it's one bad thing after another. Whereas you say it isn't. But I I think it is. I don't see... I didn't see any good things. I think it's events. Yeah, events. And each one comes with both. A good thing and a bad thing. I never saw a good thing. Oh, well, I was looking closer than you. Name a good thing in that. (laughs) I can't. I don't want to ruin anything. Well, name a good thing. No, it's always a good thing. It's something that bad happens to him or around him. And it highlights something that is wrong in his life. And that's a good thing. That then turns him around and goes, why do I even have this in my life? Why am I even struggling for this? If It's for nothing. It's just holding me back or it's putting me down and... You know, think of his life and if he just kept on the way he was going. He just was a smothered little dude. And everything that happens cracks open another chance to, like, get away from that thing that's hold, that's basically going to send him down that straight path in his life and he'll die someday and that'll be that. You know what I mean? So to me, it's uh, I just see it completely different. You're kind of a downer and I'm kind of an optimist. But I'm not really. So it's kind of weird. See, I don't see it as an optimistic tale at all. I do, totally. But there again, I don't think it's either because they said it's open to whatever you think it is. I mean, they even said that. So Mm. I actually think it's quite a downer, to be honest. Like, all the way through, I was... It was almost like Stuff piling on top of stuff, piling on top of stuff. That's how I felt. I felt like I was being pushed down oh, into the chair. Oh, that was totally the opposite. That's so weird. See, so that's good. Because I was like, oh, another layer lifting off. Oh, another layer lifting off. No, I never this saw This is that. freeing him up to find and discover something else about life than mowing the yard and going to work and living with a whiny wife and having the kids bitch at you about the antenna. And everything that happens is getting you closer or farther away from that. And that is a good thing. Or not. I beg to differ. Well, there you go. That's what I'm saying. Or or not. I'm not in my case. In his case, I'm thinking. You know? Yeah. I think it's better just keep moving forward. You know what I mean? Instead of staying stuck. So, yeah. So, this is where Coen Brothers' uh, material is good. Because... And it's also really humorous, this movie. Even though it is very dark. It's also really humorous. And... Almost pokes fun a bit. Well, it, it does poke fun at Jewish tradition. I disagree with that too. I think it pokes. They, it's not they poking said fun it at fun. it is not just Jewish specifically. I think it says to people who have these being strong beliefs uh, in anything, your rituals and all these things are awesome. They make your culture what it is. All that, but you have to remember, there's always going to be a crack. Where you're not, it's not going to give you all the answers. I was going to compare this to uh, Kevin Smith's Dogma. Which also kind of... Right. Pe- pe- you know, when the Coen brothers were talking about, oh yeah, you know, when the Jewish community knew we were making a movie about Jewish people and they were saying to us, you're not going to make us look... You're going to make fun of us, aren't Make fun of us, are you? This is good for us, right? Well, the other thing that happened to Kevin Smith with Dogma oh, yeah. is Kevin Smith, what is a Christian? Catholic, uh, yeah. Catholic. And then he makes a movie movie that is kind of making. But the Catholic fun. Church is a took whole different other, entity. Took it the yeah. totally opposite way. Like, um, and he was he had death. And they both and, kind of the same thing that you can hold up these things you have these beliefs to get you through your life, right? You use these rituals and these things to to pass through your life. A young boy going to his bar, mitzvah, bar mitzvah, um, your traditions, your 
your own Bible or whatever you call, different things that you call them. I don't know all the different names of the books of each religion or whatever. But in the end, when life does start throwing stuff at you, you might not always find the answer there, but you can use it for comfort, guidance, but don't. Because everywhere he turns, <laughs> it's a, not always going to give you so, the answer. So I think it just, they just grabbed, you know, Jewish culture. Yeah, you could insert that. other culture in. Uh, one of the one of the amazing scenes for me, not giving anything away, I'll just say it anyway, is uh, a um, scene where he goes to a guy for gu- a rabbi for guidance, and the rabbi gives him this long, <laughs> spiely story that that you know sounds really in- interesting when you're listening to it, but then it doesn't really have a point, and he just kind of looks at him and and he's like, "So you're kind of ruining that part." No. <laughs> yeah. So he kept. Well, I can. I've got to speak. So, so he looks at he looks at him and he's like, uh, so, "So what happened?" Like, and the guy's like, "Well, that part doesn't matter, you know." That's not the, the, story, point. Is the story. The story, <laughs> not the, not what. Like, like you could say that to um, passages from the Bible, you know. They you can say that uh, in anything in life. But that, I think that was one of my favorite scenes. That whole yeah, yeah. You know that whole story that that guy tells, especially because the story is quite a long story. And that does happen in. Religions. It seems they all have tales, cautionary tales to tell you. And you're thinking we're going in one direction here. I know the end. I know how it's gonna, what it's going to tell me. I know what it's preaching at me. You know what I mean? But to then turn it around and say like, I don't know. Yeah, just, we don't even... Because no matter what I say, I could put any ending on this story. And you'll believe it. And you'll think I'm telling... You know, just and what's make- awesome is this guy understands the most complicated... Mathematical, correct, but doesn't understand the simplest like. And he's so enthusiastic about it, but he's he right wants on the to understand everything really. But that just isn't how it happens in life. Because he was under the impression that he already did understand everything. Yeah, and then when everything see, starts, that's like to, living in the dark. When stuff takes a curve, all, all curveballs start coming at him. He's like, you know. St- Stuff that I thought was stuff isn't. So, <laughs> isn't and he's like completely confused by the entire. Um, so yeah, it's a really interesting. And I'm pretty sure I and you and everyone listening can identify. With well, that nobody feeling. knows what's going on. <laughs> we don't know what we might know what's going on in our day to day life, but the overall picture, we don't really know what's going on. No. I mean, some people have figured out that it's about Jesus Christ. Some people have figured out it's about dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have figured out it's about Scientology. You know, and, it's and like outer space or nothingness. Yeah. Scientology and outer space probably goes together. But um, yeah, that's what this movie's trying to. But in, an, in a really interesting, unique way, you know, because I don't know whether the setting, the old setting, kind of comes. I don't know. Don't know. It, it would, highlights to me that kind of repressed yeah because breaking free from the 50s that's or in, it, the, yeah. in the, the 60s and having seen it myself people I look from a small town in the Midwest and this is a small town in the Midwest or a sub- suburb in the Midwest I wasn't even in as big a place as a suburb I was in a town with like 300 people and another town with like 500 people and a town with a thousand people so talking about them still being set back a few years behind everybody else and seeing the my science teacher my science teacher short sleeved button up collar with a tie pants pulled way up shirt tucked in pants are too short pointy shiny shoes because he was in the military with that buzz cut hair and the horn rim glasses the whole bit 
And this was this was the 80s even, but that was left over. So and my grand one of my grandfathers was like that. So and that always represented to me this sort of like really fuddy closed up. They never expressed anything or said anything. They were like robots, you know. And then this kind of is cracking that open. That's what I like about using that era. And yeah. I guess that's how I see the whole movie. Well, and they, and they also it's said, like opening a shake can of pop. They also said if it was filmed two years later in 1969, it would have a whole... Because, like, the world changed in between. Because, mm. uh, you know, Vietnam was closing, right? 67, it was... It's closing in 69. Um, I thought it was done in 64, but... No. Mm. 67 until 69, wasn't it? Right. And then, you know... The, uh, Beatles, the space age um, cracks open. The Beatles was, had already been around. Uh, no, what I mean is the psychedelic era of the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and Jefferson Airplane, all that kind of stuff. Started. And weed and free love and it changed, didn't it, for a while? I don't know what happened to it after that. <laughs> the 80s? Yeah. Greed? Wall Street? And then the 90s, which was like everything sort of melting down. And then like the nothings, I don't know what you call those 10 years. When are we going back to smoking weed and free love and all that? It must come around, right? It must come when back. Do you, when are you, is that, an, is that a, a request? No, I'm just saying it doesn't, uh, we don't, stuff like that. I guess we've been enlightened and seen all that already, right? So we've. Yeah, well, there's nothing else to learn then. No, just hardcore drugs. There's no, I think sometimes there's no, like you look at that era, you look at that movie. Anybody who's alive our age and and older is going to know what era that's from, right? Okay, in 30 years, if you make a movie about 2010, it's it's pretty specific stuff. There's things, maybe. Like, I have an iPod in my hand, I have, but there's no look. Hmm. Well, because we're living in houses that were built 30 years ago, we're driving cars that all look the same, they're all little bullet shaped nothings. There's no, you know. I wonder about that. Like, we keep rehashing the past. Oh, let's go back and look like the It'll 60s. be interesting in 30 years' time to see a movie set in 2010 and, and mm-hmm. us actually say to ourselves, wow, it's just... It, I don't it, remember actually, like- <laughs> No, not thinking that. Thinking, wow, that is a perfect representation because we were in it. Because, yes, we you were also in 1967, but you don't remember it. I know. Because you was a... One month old? And I wasn't even... It. I wasn't even... <laughs> I wasn't even swimming in my dad's balls, let me say that. <laughs> well, you were still swimming in your dad's No, balls. I don't even think I was swimming there yet. Oh. No, men's sperm, you got them all when you, I think, don't you? No, 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 no. Oh, you, you make them all as you go. I wasn't even oh, made. Oh, no, you weren't. No, you don't have it all. Because well, you were half made, because your mother has the eggs If in you it. think that men's sperm, we have it all to start, <laughs> we'd have to have big underpants to keep all that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it in you somewhere. You're making it somewhere. Right, you know, well, you know, back. <laughs> Well, women only have a certain number of eggs, apparently. And yeah, well, we, we produce it as we go along. <laughs> but anyway, I don't think that's my very, That's not very resourceful. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I was trying to think. We like to pack them up and take them wherever we go, you see. Yeah, so we exactly. have a lifetime supply. <laughs> I can't believe you'd not thought about that one <laughs> before you said it. <laughs> All right, so. That was pretty good. Our intellectual podcast. Sitar <laughs> knows a lot about biology. biology yeah. She missed biology class. <laughs> missed it. I didn't even take it. Right. There you go. So, um, let's move on to the cast of this fine movie. And like I said earlier, <laughs> the cast of this movie, you are probably not going to know most of these people. But let's uh, mention them anyway. 
Let's introduce so we, them to you. So we've got Michael... It's a hard one to say. Stullbarg as Larry Gop- Gopnik, which is the main character of the movie. Um, I've never seen this guy in anything, I swear. I mean, I looked and he's been on some TV stuff, which I've never seen. The guy's amazing. I, I don't... He's not up for best actor or anything, but... Geez. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, really good. Uh, for a, every moment was like I was just... You buy that guy. Oh, completely. completely. For a person that you don't know as well. Like, it, I mean... But there again, I say, sometimes that's better. Because hmm. you've got no preconceived stuff, have you? If it was Brad Pitt, you would instantly have something in your mind. You would be ready to criticize. I think that's what... That's the kind of the downfall of being a super famous person in yeah. a leading role of a movie like this is that everyone's ready to go like okay here we go <laughs> what's he gonna do wrong you know and then second uh, we've got Richard Kind as Uncle Arthur now Richard Kind's somebody who you will know because he was in well if you've watched Curb Your Enthusiasm he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm but he's also been in other comedy stuff on TV but that's the one most he recently he also stars in The Producers on Broadway correct and that's where Kirby Lots Enthusiasm, of movies. That's where Kirby Enthusiasm comes into it because this season they mm. did the well last season they did producers and he was in there. Um, I really like him and his character in this movie is kind of pitiful gross and pitiful, but pretty interesting. I mean, he's like a he's a weird kind of almost like a love interest to the main character. I'm not talking about romance. Yeah, I know, but I'm not. I'm not talking about romance. I'm talking about, like, he baggage. He's, the ref, kind of. Yeah, baggage, but everything to him. Like, like they have a. It's like the opposite. I don't think it's everything to him at all. I think it's uh, saddled with this obligation. No, I'm talking about him to him. Yeah, no. The opposite way that. You're oh, thinking. you're talking about yeah, yeah, the yeah. brother. The not, oh yeah, I see yeah, what you yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an like it's a, a reliance almost. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and one could say they're two ends of the spectrum. This brother's yeah, already been losing it for a long time, and this brother's just now about to. But then it. the bro- then the the book, yeah, he's also got part of him. You know, there's there's a hidden genius, maybe. Yeah. Oh, not it could just be bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then we've got um, Sari Lennick as Judith Gopnik, and that's the wife, right? Mm-hmm. Judith. Really good. Yeah. Um, I felt all the time that I knew that actress, but I never did. She's a comedian, too, I think. She's been on Law and Order, according to the TV stuff. That was it. like, <laughs> so And stuff like that. Right. But um, it's another one. I kept looking at her and thinking, I know this actress. I've seen her in loads of things. But no, I haven't. But she's a, a, exceptional, I thought. She's very good. Um, sells sells the um, suburban, Jewish. frustrated... I don't know about Jewish, I think... I mean, oh. to me, it didn't stand out as Jewish. It was more the wanting to broaden horizons, frustrated by a closed-up marriage, needing to get out, do something different. So I didn't really associate it with a See, I totally lifestyle. I, but there again, she was made to. Be well, they're all Jewish, Jew. but I didn't. Well, they're not. I really. associate it more with the frustrated wife more than a, you know. I mean, they're not. These aren't Jewish actors and actresses, are they? When I, you say they're all Jewish, I think they are. Oh, they all are. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm assuming. Well, see, I'm assuming they're not. Some of them are not. Mm. Um, but some of them are. And one of them being uh, <laughs> Aaron Wolf as Danny Gobnik. So he's the... Son. See, see, yeah, this is part, like the Coen brothers said, it was going to be a story about a young man. 
but it ended up being more of a story about the father figure, the father guy. So this is almost a double because st- it starts off with this young guy who's Danny, um, his story, and his story is quite enlightening. It's interesting because he's another one who relies on his dad for things. But then yeah, he's, but then you get the feeling, you know. He- but then his mother and father's relationships kind of fractured, and but then the kids kind of. It's take it or leave it kind of thing. It's yep. a weird situation in the house, isn't it? But very typical, like... I mean, I, almost typical of teenagers today. When you see things from 2010 and it portrays a family breaking apart or whatever, it's the same kind of thing. You know, the kids that can't be asked, they're on the cell phones, they Yeah, well, this out. movie was made in 2009. It wasn't no, really... No, I'm talking made. about this is a period, right? <laughs> yeah. I understand that it was made in 2009. Right, so I'm just saying they're portraying their perception of what a breaking up family... They don't... No, they're, they're portraying 1967. Like, the the script is wrote around 1967, right? The, but what I'm saying is it's not much different to today. We just have different distractions. Yeah, true, These true. kids have vinyl records and... Great black and white TV. Uh, yeah. And smoking and pot in the bathroom. Kids nowadays have the cell phone and the, you know, distractions away from the breaking up of the family. Right. Um, so, yeah, this kid's really good and there's a bar mitzvah thing, which is... He's very good. You know, quite a <laughs> kind of a risque thing as well for like a, he's an actual he is Jewish because right. he says he has his own bar mitzvah. So, um, and then we've got Jessica McManus as Sarah. Now I didn't have like a ton to say, but she's the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's never done anything. She, this is like her first job. Like that's pretty good to be in a. Cohen but really, movie. B- the few little bits yeah. get of her, she's right on. I mean, yeah, she's, she's right funny. in there, man. You're like she's the bitchy sister she right says, there. Fuck her. <laughs> fuck her a lot. Calls you the brother. brat fucker. You brat fucker. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of kids saying the word fucker in yeah, this movie. <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking, is that a thing in 1967 that was like a... You know when kids nowadays might use, I don't know... Hmm? Motherfucker. <laughs> what's the... What's the... Uh, no, we're going to put the explicit tag on there. What's the vernacular now? Like, what do kids use as their I'd say just that basic F word. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really funny here really on the school bus saying it and stuff it's funny um, and she's the 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 sister she's not really in many scenes to be honest so that's why I don't think of it no as but like, I buy them as a family yeah totally because they're disjointed right they don't want to be around each other and yet when they're together you totally buy it now uh, Adam Arkin is uh, the divorce lawyer he's called mm-hmm. he's not even got a name but um, he stood out to me as perfect, because, like, you know, lawyer people, they come across a certain way, and this guy came across that way. Is he one of these people you said you didn't recognize? He's very famous. Never seen him in my life. <gasps> well, probably have. He's Alan Arkin's son. Right. In- I know Alan Arkin, but I don't... That's his son. Right, but <laughs> what was he in? He's in loads of stuff. I don't know if Right, and that's, that's, you know, when we say, oh, that guy was in loads of stuff, that guy was in loads of stuff. <laughs> when you look... Yes, he was in loads of stuff, but nothing I've ever watched. Chicago Hope, for one. Never watched it, see? Mm. So I wouldn't know. Um, With Mandy Patinkin. But Adam Arkin, in the, as the divorce lawyer, is really good. And, and he had more scenes than the daughter, to be honest. Yeah, and like it was definitely felt like... Like Alan Arkin had sat on the other side of a desk with a lawyer many times. Yeah. That's why he knows the mannerisms, the... Uh, yeah, it was perfect. It was yeah. like... I don't know. It's like this, this slightly... T- a little bit flash... But, and then he, he had all these, like, amazing, like, where he sat back in the... When he started to explain what the problem was, and he sat back and he's like, 
<sighs> you know, it's like these weird... I think I've heard it all. Yeah, like... Uh, and like... then, if you notice, he doesn't do anything for him. No. But he sends him to people, and they all send him bills. And no one's ever done anything for him. That's what Lloyd does. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get the bill, and you're like, huh. What the fuck What was that for? Was that? So, uh, then we've got um, Amy Landecker as Mrs. Samsky. Now, she's like the saucy next-door neighbor. Um, With she's... the killer eyes, man. Yeah, they did her up to look perfectly oh. like a 70s lady. Mm-hmm. It's pretty... Like the mysterious chick next door who's also frustrated with her marriage, the husband you never see. She lays outside naked, tanning, drinking, smoking pot. And she's just totally over it all. Like, yeah. everything is just like, hey, come in. Whatever. <laughs> like, I liked her. And, you know, I looked her up and she's been in Law and Order. And <laughs> Criminal Intent. And I have stuff a feeling like. the Coen brothers might watch a lot of television. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> And then last, and this is the guy I thought, I really know this guy. This face is very familiar to me, and he's called Fred Melamed. And he plays Cy Abelman. And then I looked him up, and I don't know him from anything. So, but you've heard his voice on Vice City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a was talk a radio guy on um, Liberty City. Grand Theft Auto. But um, he's really good, and the part that he plays, not to spoil things, is... It's Integral. It's pivotal, yeah. Yeah, but... And he plays it perfect because it, it requires a certain... Uh, yeah, and comfortable. Yeah. Sleazy. A in bit. fact, there's one scene at the beginning where, he, where he's talking to the main character at the table. <laughs> and um, it's absolutely uncomfortable. You want to like put your head down <laughs> yes. and not look at it. I don't Because it's like, he's so patronising. Like, yeah, like, and they're confronting him with just the truth, right? Yeah. Of The truth of so the situation... Which we all would like to think, oh yes, this is how you should handle possibly getting a divorce and a third person in your relationship and blah, blah, blah. But then when it's happening in front of you, you're like, no, 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 no. Let's not say it all out loud. No. Let's not talk about it and hold each other's hands. Let's just... Yeah, and the guy <laughs> was like holding his tongue. It was really uncomfortable, that scene. And, and, and like really they well. had worked it all out and they're just telling him. And we want to treat you like an adult. <laughs> Like he's like not. Like Obama, like three years old. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way. I was like, ooh. Yeah, pretty. So um, that's the main cast. Directed by Ethan Cohen and Joel Cohen, who we all know <laughs> you uh, sometimes get <laughs> I was joking. I was joking. Sometimes get the brothers mixed up. <laughs> the other brothers. Which is the other ones, Farrelly brothers. Sometimes you say, oh, Farrelly. I don't even think of them. I yeah. think of Wykowskis. There's not tons of brothers, is Or Wykowskis. Well, there's a few. Um, three. Wykowski. Farrelly. And these guys. There's some more too. You name them. <laughs> I would have to look them up. There's a um, long list, but I don't know who they are. But these two, you know, they can't really do any wrong with the uh, directing, in my opinion. I mean, were they up for an Oscar last year with Burn After Reading? They're up for an Oscar the year, well, No Country for All Men won the Oscar, right? And then this year for this one. They're on a roll at the moment. They've got that just oh, that Fargo. skewed, little bit of a skewed, straight head look at things, and that's a I don't know how else to describe it, but it's a very in your face, all these things, you know, and but then it's always just got a little bit of a. But what makes it better than any other movie? Kind and of what I'm saying is, like, there's a lot of movies made every year, right? And there's movies about all kinds of subjects. There's probably other movies about, you know, a Jewish family. The sure, right? But what makes theirs stand out more? Like, you can't even... You get the feeling, like, they kind of stand back from it. It's it's not all just laid out for you all the time with them. 
You know, there's always questions. There's always there's always a nonsensical element to it. Like it isn't like the arc that we all hear about when you're trying to But it's to not ride. like David Lynch where it's completely No, no, no. It's not like mm, mental. <laughs> but it's like you're just along for the ride. And when it's over, it's over. And, and you move on. I really think that's part of why I like about them. They're all like that. Burn after reading. You're going along. They've got you hooked. You're into the people. And then it's like over. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> like, there's no... It just... It doesn't necessarily... Their movies also don't necessarily come have a point. Like, mm. um, like when they say about this one, there isn't necessarily a plot... It's just like some stuff happens to some people, and then we move on. Like that. Like I think the little quote they put at the beginning completely sums it up. In fact, yeah. There's also a little movie at the mm-hmm. beginning that kind of. It's awesome. Uh, Who's the quote? The quote at the beginning is, um, "Except, yeah, something simplicity. about acceptance, simplicity, everything that happens to you." So just accept it with. With this, don't. There you go. Don't yeah. try to anal- Don't overanalyze, overanalyze everything. Yeah. yeah, Go with the flow, man. That's why I think of this movie as that. He's trying too hard. Like, I try too hard. I try to Everybody figure people out. Oh, I don't think so. I think some people don't give a shit. And some people have... They're blank, you know? You know, the ball and Rascar and... I'm not being rude. I'm just saying. There's some people who hit... hit are you like, saying people are into sports or idiots? <laughs> no. <laughs> you said football and Rascar. I'm saying that some people... Fill that part of them with lots of but what I think But that's their meaning. That's, the, that's where they're finding I guess. Everybody's finding a meaning in something. But they're not finding a meaning. They're just filling that up. They're not looking... They don't want any kind of uh, analyze anything. And I analyze everything down to every person, every action, every look, everything. And sometimes it wears you out. And this guy, you know, his job is analyzing numbers. and. But I like that a couple of the... Th- are they theorems or theories or whatever? He, one of them yeah. is quantum physics, which of course you can kind of go. It's like that's all fucked up. Like you can't you can't quite grasp that. And then the other one is the uh, the theory of uncertainty. So he's he's in his lecture in a math lecture even or physics. Quantum there is, physics. Yeah. There is the theory of uncertainty, and even though he holds on to math as if it's the answer to things, there you go. Math even has a theory of uncertainty. I really like where he drew some pictures of like a, <laughs> yeah. the cats and the deck yeah. Cat. I knew it was quantum. I mean, I don't know much, but I know that. So he's he's drawn out a big uh, Pythagoras kind of you know not Pythagoras but a big um, equation, yeah, massive equation, and then he's drawn like some visual aids for the students of a cat in a box and then what looks like a dead cat in a box because that's part of that's what you learn when you learn a little about quantum. Uh, and then when he when he's He's talking to a student, and this and, the, and he's the student's like, I get, I get it all. I get everything. I get the story, and he's like, You go, I don't even get the. <laughs> yeah, no. I just write it down for a visual. You just, that actually, now that you remind me, which is funny. Unfortunately, it's a forgettable portion, but that's some of the best parts of the movie. The bits with that student. Yeah, it is. And the, really that good. that runs through the whole movie, of course, the thread of his it's, moral choice. It's about yeah. Choice. An ethical choice, and those are some of the best. Like, oh, I forgot about that. That's we should put that guy on there. He's awesome. The Korean student. Korean student. And the father's like this. Clash of cultures. Clash of cultures. Yeah. Punching his hands together. So. um... Oh, and the hunter guy. He was creepy. 
Yeah. The neighbor. <laughs> so DV, uh, Blu-ray extras on this disc. Now, I feel like this probably kind of got rushed out to... Um, uh, Oscars. Go out before the award season. Because um, obviously... Um, it's what less than a month now to the Oscars, so it's good time to bring out the bring out a movie. Um, so I don't think it got as many extras as it could have had. There's no commentary, for instance, by the Coens, um, but there is, and these are all pretty good. There's one called Becoming Serious, which is like a little doc. Well, it's 30 minutes, but it's a documentary with the Coens talking candidly about it, which. If you we've watched other Coen Brothers movies, you don't see a lot from them talking. Mm. Um, and I thought it was pretty insightful because they... It's almost funny the way they feel about making movies. It's almost funny to watch them react to each other. It's like almost like they... Like they're brothers? No. <laughs> it's almost like they... Um, it's not that important. Right, right. Even though it is. They understand their place in the world making a movie isn't like brain surgery. They even said like about, you know, we're just lucky. Like, we get to make this movie that's not really about anything. It's not really... But They didn't give us a lot of money. We we got the best people. We just happen to have the best people. Like, uh, it's just lucky, like, or something, you know. And it's all very... Almost like... And they're right. There's no stress. They don't seem stressed at all to me. They just seem... Like, we show up, we film a movie. They are multimillionaires. That can actually take the edge off of you, I think. If in your life you have a big... I'm not... I don't know, because I don't have millions of dollars in the bank. But I feel like sometimes that can make a person a little less concerned about the end result of something. Yeah. But I think they just approach it like the themes of their movies. Like, what we're doing here in this little movie is basically nothing in the big scheme of things. It's just a little bit of entertainment... A little bit of thought-provoking. And then, you know what? You all can just move on with your lives. Like, you don't... That's it. We're doing this to make money and to tell stories. I think they really... I feel like they labor over it. In a... In a... In a... Like a... Like I do with the creative thing. Or like you do with your games. Like it's a thing where they go and sit in a room and they're... Hashing out ideas and writing and... That that's their... Like, I don't want to say their joy. Because that sounds really... No, and they're, 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 you know exactly. when you watch the movie, you know what I'm movie, saying. Like they really seem to get into it. When you watch the movie, you would think they're like super detail oriented because it's, you know, it looks amazing and you can tell research and you can tell everything. It's not like Wes Anderson's movies where Wes Anderson's movies to me look like a compulsive person made them. Hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Like a fabricated like, reality. Version but it's of really reality. cool. I like Wes Anderson stuff, but like Royal Tenenbaums are. You know, life aquatic. But it's like the, it's I like think a, the difference is though he does that himself. He's very into that. Like yeah. finding they. I don't think they do that. No. They they sit down. Well, they, t- they tell they, their art they director. Know what they want. Yeah, they hire their art director. They hire their costume person. They hire the cinematographer. They hire the DP, and they say, "This is what we want, and we want everybody's ideas." And you, oh, that's awesome. That's better than we thought. I feel like they. Handed over a lot to the people around them. Always, and, every and, little. And to me, even when it shows your parts where they're on the set directing the actors, they just seem super relaxed to me. Like everybody seems at ease. Yeah, nobody seems at the like, people. oh my god, those guys are here. We gotta. Right. It's Isn't just... funny when you think some directors must be real pricks. I, I'm sure some are right. And real, real like, controlling. I feel like Kevin Smith is. We've talked about Kevin Smith a lot because we like those. I feel like Kevin Smith. 
Is oh, wrong. I think he's... Re- no, remember? Because they all had to memorize all their lines for Chasing Amy, and they didn't get it right, and he he's, got pissed um, off. He is... Like, he doesn't allow... He's real for, controlling. Yeah. And I think he's real moody, and I just think on a set... Obviously, in the past, there have been notorious directors who are, like, tyrants, you know, and... But I wonder how it... Now, these seem pretty laid back to me, and I, you know, you don't get that much of an insight. I mean, you see a few scenes mm, of them yeah. on the set, but... It always seems really... And maybe that's why they get turn out with good movies, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's like a 30-minute... It explains... Yeah. You know, explains quite a lot, actually. It just explain, And, you know, you get in talking head interviews with most of the cast. Not everybody, though. Um, secondly, the, the extra is Creating 1967, which is another, like, 20-minute piece. Um, with the like the costume lady and the prop guy and the mm. and it shows you how you know they created the look of 1967 even down to getting people to bring cars like car collectors so they could have like authentic cars on the set. Now the most interesting part of this documentary for me was that there's a old 50s TV show on the television in the movie. Movie. Which I assumed was like something that existed but yep. no they made that themselves. like a cheap it just is like a big brain in the middle of a room and it's all sci-fi looking yeah. and black and white and shit well I mean you would have just thought that was stock footage from some old yeah. thing but no they some public went to the trouble of making yeah. and they used this school that was awesome which was closed down to basically like make yeah. sound stages in the school and make use the gym that'd be just that'd yeah. be aw- it was cool to see that very simple like they can just Cohen brothers can just go to this one place and film that that you know yeah, film get us some two by fours and some set direction set dressings and uh... and then finally there's a very small like three minute piece called uh, Hebrew and Yiddish for guys <laughs> and a guy is anybody who's not me and you Jewish <laughs> yeah um, so it um, it says unravel the mysteries of the Hebrew and uh, Yiddish languages so it just basically tells you some of the stuff used in the movies and then it does a little pop up video and says this is what that is. Explains it. It's pretty fun it and enlightening after the fact. I wouldn't like to see it before. Yeah, it's funner to kind of yeah kind of go with it. So and um, so that's actually it. And um, like I say, I think it was pushed out to get through the award season. But um, the the movie looks amazing. Um, and Sound. sounds amazing. That it music in really the beginning good. when that song came on the very start. Because I was you're like, inside oh, the head, like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it, like. Um, there was just subtle things in this movie which used surround sound and one thing and I don't know if you noticed it was when the young the son in this movie comes home from school every day the guy chases him yeah yeah and you're yeah yeah it, yeah. it, it pans like like this somebody like you would like hear gonna, it if like he was you're gonna, gonna tilt your head because yeah, he's running up behind the guys, you yeah and it you know that was just a subtle thing but it's all over all, all the time even though this is mainly a talky movie but there is some good music in there too if mm-hmm. you um like the music of the time. So, um, conclusion. Thus, thus, my singing of Jefferson, Jefferson Airplanes. Airplane. Don't you want somebody to So, conclusion on this movie. I It's an absolute must-see for me. Um, I agree. I think, I was going to say it's the first movie I've seen for this award season, but it's not, because I've seen Avatar and I've seen... Uh, Zombie Land? <laughs> don't think that's... <laughs> What was um, the other zombie movie we watched? We were going to talk about it, weren't we? Netflix. But we're still... Let's let's talk about that later. Okay. Um, so we're on the conclusion. I say it's a must-see, um, especially if you want to be je- clued up for the award season next month. Or if you don't care about the awards, which 
you know, come on. It's good to know. <laughs> well, I'm saying if you are an Oscar yeah, fan, yeah. it's good to have seen. And you often can't see all the movies because, you know... Unless yeah, they you, don't seem to release them until right at or after because they're waiting after for the usual, sticker. Because they want to so, put the sticker. Yeah. And, you know, some don't come to theaters. I mean, they do come to theaters, but pro- possibly not in your area. Just New York and, you know... Yeah. That's really a shame, I always think, when it's like smaller movies... And then they'll win an Oscar and get a wide release. It's just not fair, really. Because, like, they should have got a wide release in the first place. So, and I don't even remember a serious man being in, in the theatres. No, it's that ragtag, but that's the little right. indie theatre. In- right, and this, um, you know. It's in that theatre now, or last week. <laughs> and now it's on DVD. Right. That must be why they had it on. Well, there you go. Hey, we bought the DVD. That's been on a big So, yeah. Recommended from you? Recommended yes, from me? Yes. I, I highly recommend it. I don't think that every person I know would dig it but I think there's a lot of if you like the Coens you're gonna like it a lot I think in fact it could become one of your favourite ones you know Um, so thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray contest we've got a few contests on the site if you go to ascoli.com you can you know win stuff (laughs) Um, next week's are you saying every person wins something yes next week's uh, (laughs) review um, not next week it will be let me give you the date Sunday, February the 28th. Is that right? 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. That was a good guess. I'm not looking at the calendar. Yeah, so Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, February the 28th, we will have the Blu-ray review of Whip It, Drew Barrymore's Whip It. Are you saying that when you added up 14 plus 14 in your head and came up with 28, that was like a really good I did guess? It. <laughs> that's, that's what it did. And I had to go, okay, Wednesdays the 24th, 25th, 26th, Did you do that? No, yes. I just added the sevens on. I never do that. But it goes, honestly, that, that's that got to be a thing. That some calendar, When you're thinking calendar, right, there's got to be two kinds of people. I have to envision the calendar and see, oh, the 24th is a Wednesday. Oh, then I just the, go from Wednesday. seven on. And then there are other people who go, oh, that's the 24th, add seven, or add, uh-huh. I don't do it that way. Huh. There's two camps, I bet. We're the best, I'm the better camp. Alright, so movie recommendations for this week. I want to recommend... First first uh, was a movie we mentioned earlier, Burn After Reading, which is the Coen's last movie, the one before this one. Um, it's If you like this movie, you'll like Burn After Reading. I would suggest watching them in a... One after another. I can't. I can't agree with that 100% because I think they're very different. So They are very different, but there's something... Like I said to you, it's if you a, tapped in, into the Coens, you might dig them. But if it's an just, intangible thing that they bring different. to all their movies that I can't tell you what it is, but it, there is a similarity if you watch them. The direction, mm. probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, Burn After Reading. And then I've been watching some movies on Netflix this week, and the second movie I want to recommend is a, mo- a British movie called The Crew, which I just... I fancied watching a heist movie. So I typed heist movies in and... There was a bunch of heist movies, but this one was British, and it was in particular it's set in Liverpool, which is close to where I lived in in England. So I put it on my instant queue and watched it. And while it feels like a TV show, um, it's a two-hour-long movie, but it kind of feels like a British, like a miniseries, yeah, almost. It's got the feel of that budget, like BBC quality. BBC quality, okay. yeah. In fact, kind of like Fish Tank. Mm. was even though that was a movie it has that kind of but this one more so it felt more like a tv show while it does feel like a tv show 
It's a really good movie. It's super violent. So if you uh, if you don't like violence, you might not want to watch it. But what it concerns is it's it's a like small town mafia basically. And I'm not talking about the real mafia, but you know people in mm-hmm. a particular place. Bullies. Who, bullies, yeah. Extortionists, robbers, thieves. Right. They're out to do a heist, and the heist is. Don't to, tell us everything, because I haven't seen it either. No, I'm not. The heist is to rob a container truck full of Sony PlayStation 3s. <laughs> right up your alley. Right. But that's not what it's about. That's enough. It's about yeah. small town thugs, basically, who think they're bigger than they are. And it's just a really interesting story. It's got really... It's an interesting cast, because I didn't know... I, I think I knew two people in it. But everybody seemed familiar. It yep. was one of those. Um, but I recommend it. It's The Crew, and it was made in 2007. So it's not, like, right up to date. But you can get it on Netflix streaming. In fact, I put a link on my Twitter this week when I'd watched it. So that's my recommendations. My turn. My recommendations are, and I was trying to think of kind of the opposite idea, that this guy, and in the, the theme of this movie is... When things are happening in your life, you try to seek meaning so that you can hopefully live the rest of your life. Maybe a more informed person, maybe, you know, like, lift you up out of it kind of thing. Like, what do I do now so I can move on? And I want to think of something the opposite. And the most opposite I could think of was leaving Las Vegas. Because he's given up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done, right? And he does, he's not going to do it slow, fast. He's not going to jump off a building or slit his throat. He's just, he's done. There is nothing. And that's his... Like, his quest to just give up on everything. And so I think... And it's awesome. It's like... It's, it's a Nick, very one of Nicolas Cage's best. If not the... Maybe Weatherman's pretty close, but... I don't know. Mm. And my other one is Heartlands. Because it's another one... Not the opposite, but it's somebody kind of seeking... Like, maybe why something's gone wrong this in this life. This is a British life. movie. Yeah, it's a British movie as well. It's got the guy I didn't even realize... Uh, Michael Sheen, is that his name? Who played in... Martin Frost. Sheen. Not oh, Michael Sheen. Michael. My- Michael yeah, Sheen. He yeah, played, the, uh, he played... Tony Blair guy. Tony Blair from The Queen, and he was uh, Frost from Nixon. Frost Nixon. And I didn't realize it was him when I was thinking of I that totally movie. I totally did, yeah. But he's just kind of... It's a quiet little movie where something's gone on with him, and he's trying to seek by physically actually going, you know, on a road trip kind of a thing. A but also book, seeking. Right? Black, the one yeah, like black. looking for something and finding a little bit more out about his life because he was pretty comfortable and everything seemed all right and then it wasn't. So, Heartlands and Leaving Las Vegas. Those are my choices. Okay, so moving on to games and A-Schooly stuff this week. I've been playing a, a lot, let's say a lot, of Mass Effect 2. And you... Uh, Saw a lot of Mass Effect mm-hmm. 2 this week. Uh, what do you think of Mass Effect 2? We not really spoke about it that much, to be honest. This will be the third week in a row. Yeah, but we didn't really say much about it because <laughs> I only just started it. Remember? Right. It's good. It's good to watch. It's a good story. I haven't. I don't pick up on all of it, you see. I only have seen little bits and pieces. Um, but I feel like it's really solid. Like, if I did want to sit down and get into the story fully. It's got a lot of... It's almost as good as, like, the best sci-fi film you've ever seen, like like a Star Wars. Yeah, because you go from one uh, Star Trek kind of idea about um, humanity, even though we got aliens mixed in there, but sort of the, the, the condition of sentient beings and how we treat one another, ethical things about 
yep. you know, drug whole companies, populations. Yeah, even. drug companies, med- the medical profession, and how in this universe, because there's ton, you know, there's all different planets. How it's still it is also a thing where you can use whole populations to test on and that kind of thing. And I think that's that's and that's just one little thing. Yeah, it's, then you it's go huge. to another thing the where they're huge. got a little apocalypse now kind of thing going on where a dude's left in charge on an abandoned place and how his whole crew kind of falls apart and he becomes sort of a maniacal, uh, you know, evil leader kind of guy where they're Not, got yeah. slaves and using you know so. That's pretty deep shit, and then you just pile on top of that. You've got you are the woman. You become a woman. You're a, you've become a woman. You're a woman. You make yourself shepherd. You, I mean, and so you flirt with everybody, and you try to get it on with everybody. <laughs> you're trying to like, so you've got like, and then she gets drunk sometimes, and there's funny exchanges with people. And what I find funny though, when you're watching, like you come to a, a segment where you're getting a conversation, and the person talks, 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 and then you just stand there because you're reading all of the options of what you can say. But if you're just watching from a distance, your face is just sitting there. So, some like for people, about a minute, some people like, were you're just talking staring about, into space like... Mm. Some people were talking about heavy rain in that respect. You know, when we were talking about heavy rain demo last week. That on heavy rain, your character has little icons on him to... You do know, you move, you move the joystick in the direction of the arrow to do a particular thing. Now, some people were saying that that's awesome. Like a kind of... A good way to show you an interface, but not it be too intrusive. Like, you don't need to have, like, a thing in the corner saying, this does this, this does this. It's just simple. Here's some things, and you know what to do. Now, some people were saying that that's awesome, but if you're a spectator of a game like that, (laughs) when he comes to a door and stands there, and me, as the inputter, has to do the input for the door, well, there's a pause where I'm thinking of... Exactly. So it's almost like the character... Forgot how to do a door. Like, exactly. Forgot how to open a door. And it's the same way with this with yeah. Mass Effect too, because you're this person, this character's talking, and da da da. What do you think, Shepard? Yeah, and I've got to think. No, of and then it. there's like. <laughs> but it wouldn't be pause. immediate if I'd have chose. Well, like you have right, five but, choices, but so for you're you, thinking. it doesn't feel yeah. like a pause because you're reading. You're actively reading each option. You might yeah. have four options of thing, and you're reading each sentence, and you're thinking about it. Which one should I pick? Which one? So you're actively in it. So if I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm listening to this conversation, it's like blah 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 blah, blah 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 blah. But <laughs> but it's good still. It's, quality. It's, it's actually amazing the script for that. I can't even imagine how. It worked. How it all came together. Like, um, you know, if you say this, they say this. If you say this, they say... You know, there's so many different... You could play it through five times and always have it different. There's math involved in there, I bet. Well, yeah. (laughs) I'm sure. So, um, that's Mass Effect 2. I imagine at the end of the year, and I know we're only at the start of the year here, that it's going to be on lots of top ten games of the year lists. I can tell you that now before we even... Because the scope... The production values, everything looks amazing. The actual game is good. I mean, and I know you. You'll get through it all. You'll still play another probably week at it. Yeah. Once you get playing. Then you'll say, hmm, I think I'll just make a whole different character and and do everything completely different. Yeah, I always want to do And go through the whole thing completely. A whole different character. Make every choice. Just don't ever make the same choice. Like the opposite. But then you could go back and do it again and do a whole complete other thing. So Now... So yeah, that's Mass Effect 2. So the second uh, game I've been playing this week is Dante's Inferno. Now this, this is um, a game based on the Divine Comedy, which is the well 13th century poem 
of, of that Levels name. into hell. Yeah, the circles of hell. Um, now, the game is based on it, but kind of switcherooed a little bit. You don't... You play... They kind of switched it around. You play this guy who's fighting in the Crusades. But it's still the same deal. It's about church, the church, religion, and how kind of almost like you can do what you want and the church will always forgive you. That kind of mentality, which is how it goes, isn't it, really? You're supposed to be able to go into a confessional tell a priest that you murdered somebody and God will forgive you for that, right? So it's about that concept. Really? God forgive you for that? <clears throat> God will forgive you for anything, right? As long as you confess it. So, are there any rules involved in this confession no. thing? <laughs> no. Like, these are the five things that no matter what, God will What's not gonna forgive do? you. <laughs> Cast you into the pit of hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's where this comes about. So you're fighting... It's basically an action game. It's like God of War. In fact... It is God of War. It's EA trying to make God of War, and they somebody said, "Why don't we do Dante's Inferno?" And they, now the game itself is not good. Oh, I mean, it's not good. It's like the trailer looks awesome. Yeah, the chick's falling down. He's going down after. But that's a cutscene. Oh, like, right. The game itself is like it's a fighting game, basically. Like, well, God of War, you stuff comes, you press the buttons, you do combos, you kill stuff. When you're in the lust part, prostitutes come at you. When you're in the gluttony part, big fat guys come at you. You know, it's it's very... Aw, basic, but yeah, trying to be like, elaborate. Like yeah, pretending like, to be elaborate. Like there's, like there's a big boss character that I fought. is a naked woman. This is in the lust part. And then a, a tits kind of <laughs> open up. And babies with razor blade arms come shooting out of her, and they they start attacking you and stuff. It's it's just yes, imagery and all that kind of stuff is interesting. But the game itself is like, first off, let me say you can play on three difficulty levels. Now I play on the medium one, which is what you would play most games on. I don't. I'm a gamer. I don't switch it to easy because that's usually I'm a too. Gamer. What I'm saying <laughs> is you you wouldn't play on easy on. I wouldn't play an easy on anything hard normally. I would play easy. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't, is what I'm saying. Mm. So on this, I played on medium. It's actually really, really difficult on medium. And I refused to switch down to easy, so I was having a hard time with it. Like, dying, dying. And I, and I, I believe it gets easier later on when you've leveled up. But the beginning is real hard going. Like, you'll die all the time, and there's a big loading screen that takes about 20 seconds when you're dead to get back into the game. <clears throat> so, I don't rate it. So... For boobs opening up with babies and razor blades, I'm assuming this is an M-rated game. No, it's totally M-rated. <laughs> is it like an M-plus? And, and I've heard people say, no, it's so respectful to the um, novel, uh, to the poem. But I don't feel like it is. Have I've, you read that? Do you know what it says? I've read some of it at school. I mean, I read it at school. Um, but I don't... But I mean, plucking exact things out of... A, yeah, it's not respectful. It's, it's the 800-year-old I mean, poem. All right, respectful or not it's not clever like to to say to think of the divine comedy and say oh there's the seven circles of hell well each one of them could be a level and then if it's about lust what would we have we'd have prostitutes fighting you and if it's about greed we'll have fat guys or you know it's yeah, it seems really like basic. basic like 
I mean, yes, it's a real deep concept and everything, and how do you, you know, make a game of that? So is God of War good, then? Because God of War, it, the, the actual mechanics and everything are really solid and good. Second, in, in Dante's Inferno, they're not quite... The jumping's a bit off, and the actual combat is a bit mundane. God of War is actually pretty interesting. Also, God of War was the first game to do that kind of stuff, so it was... Plus, Greek mythology is, like, pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Hell... It's pretty much a one-trick thing. <laughs> I know I know it's got seven circles of hell and each one's different. But no, it's not. It's dark, this fire, and this creepy thing. Blades right? and blood. Greek mythology. There's a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of different things. This doesn't look different from the start to the finish, Dante's Inferno. There's a cut. And it also, at the beginning, if you've read the poem at all, there's the part with the gatekeeper and the boat that takes you across the river into the into hell like you mm-hmm. when you're going on your journey into hell now they render the boat out perfectly with the head on it and it's moving across the and you're, you're on the boat taking the trip and you're getting all excited like oh this is awesome yeah and it's cool and the, it's epic scope like god of war is I, that's one of the things that about god of war i always think wow this is huge like you know you'll see kratos in god of war he's really small the camera will pan out and you're stood on the back of a beast that's like 50 times the size of the screen and you're like this game is insane like how you know that's amazing well this is like that and then it just drops into this here's an arena kind of almost like you go around a corner and then there's this circular part and then they block all the entrances off and you fight the things that they throw at you until the entrances open and they keep doing that so you you see some interesting stuff and then you end up at these I think these are the circles of hell but I I feel that they just kind of said, well, we'll stick them here for ten minutes and make them fight four of these things and then right. there'll be less for them to, less for us to actually do. And apparently, and I've not finished it, and I don't think I will, to be honest, it's not one I'm going to go back and play, but at the end it devolves into a... Do you want to tell the end? That's not very nice. Well, at the end it devolves into an arena battles mm. where you... Um, fight wave after wave apparently what I've read on reviews is they elongated the game right because it comes to an abrupt end so here's these like challenges where you gotta do this you gotta do this one without taking any damage you gotta do this one with only magic you gotta do this you know it's so Dante's Inferno I would just say go and read the poem <laughs> yeah it makes me want to read it actually and, and, and the poem is probably public domain I'm, I'm assuming I don't think you'd have to buy it <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been a movie made of Dante? No, there probably hasn't. It's too epic. A movie would be amazing, right? Yeah. The we game. need a good hell devil movie. We've had had one for a while because uh, the la- we had a little kind of a rush on him there for a while. There was, uh, what was it called? Angel Heart and... Uh, there was one just recently. It came out in the cinema last week or the week before called Legion. Which is right. about... Angels and devil. Right. I guess I'm thinking more of you come face to face with Satan, like Al Pacino in the one with right. um, Keanu Reeves. What was what that about one? the Omen? The Omen was that a while was a good ago. One. That was a demonic child, though. I want to actually. He was actually the devil. He was actually the devil. Well, it was no, he was the son of the devil. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, still pretty badass. 
Yeah, but it's not the same as having, remember having the, uh, the mythical Lucifer right in your face that. as Robert De Niro or as Al Pacino or as somebody else. Could be anybody. Constantine. Did that have devil in it? Or was that just Keanu Reeves? It wasn't It wasn't what I'm thinking of. You know no, what I'm know talking what about. End of Days. Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, because I like the big beast from hell. Yeah, that was the demon devil. Yeah, but it's not the same. Not the same as Al Pacino as a as a city sleazy lawyer. So, so he's it, actually Lucifer. Yeah, exactly. Like when we're trying to think of hell movies, we can't think of many. So that that tells us that nobody's made a good one. It's an open market. Yeah. <laughs> Exorcist. Don't. That's not the devil. That's evil spirits again. I don't think it's... Well, it might be the. They said it's the devil on that one, right? He's, but the devil is many things. Yeah. That's my favorite good. one. Yeah, you can't top that one. All right, so Dante's Inferno, leave it, in my opinion. Go and read the novel. I'm assuming that it's on the Kindle for free and all that, because it's got to be public domain. <laughs> you can't tell me somebody hasn't just put it on the internet. Well, it's got to be public domain. 13th century. <laughs> Nobody owned the rights then, yeah. really. Come on. So, uh, another game I got this week is Bioshock 2. And I was going to talk all about it and tell you how amazing it was, but I didn't even put it in the drive because I've been playing Mass Effect 2. <laughs> so I'll talk about that one in two weeks when I actually... Because yeah, I'm going to be gone for ten days. I, insta- I installed it, but never played it. So, And then also coming out this week is Alien vs. Predator, which I'm really looking forward to, which is new first person... Now this is interesting because it's the Alien vs. Predator game. And there's three single player campaigns one where you play as the marines one where you play as the predators and one where you play as the aliens all three separate stories I'd be interested to play as the aliens to be honest I mean yeah but you know, keep your keep your hopes at an even keel because you never know Dante's well, Infer- Dante's Inferno well I like good, the so. alien versus predator it's been a series of games for a long time oh right um, dating this is just the new version of it oh right but um, I've liked all the previous ones they're really scary because you know when you're a marine, they do that perfect thing in Alien vs. Predator games where that beeping noise on your gun, where it's hmm. beep, 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 and then you then it gets faster and faster and you're like, <laughs> crap, crap, and it's really dark and you've got a flashlight. You know, it's that kind of scary... That beep, beep, beep thing, which mm-hmm. is genius, like, because, you know, in the movie especially, because... You don't need to be told what that is. You just well, know that it's horrible. Yeah, anything, like, yeah. yeah. So, Alien vs. Predator, that's out next week. Uh, I'll talk about that in the next podcast. Um, so, what, what have you got? That's it for me. What's for dinner? Uh, and I put loneliness on Valentine's Day. Is that for dinner? That's what you're having for dinner, because I'll be leaving shortly after this podcast is recorded. Not shortly, shortly, but within a couple of hours, because I'm going to... So, whatever you're going to make for your dinner, I'm sure they want to know. Oh, I love a sandwich. <laughs> Very good. Ham <laughs> <laughs> sandwich. Because I loaded you up with 10 days worth of food, which I never do. I buy one day at a time. I know that's probably, people shudder at that, but I I was raised by a mother who would shop for a month of bulk stuff at a time, right. which was like like uh, crazy insane on the first day because you wanted to eat everything. And then by the end of the month, you were like, you know, like <laughs> digging, digging for food. So, because we lived a long ways away from a big grocery store. So when I go and do this kind of thing where I buy multiples you know, like you eat chips and salsa every day and you eat like drink your milk every day and you eat three loaves of bread and all that. I don't I eat like, three loaves of bread a day. <laughs> no. I mean, you eat three loaves of bread to get you through a week and a half, possibly. And I was just like, ugh. I mean, it's nice because then you don't go to the store every day, but it's 
when you're doing it, it feels like too much, too much. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'm going on a little vacation to visit my mother, who stays in Mexico during the winter. So that's where I'm going to go. And at this time tomorrow, I will be there. Driving tonight to the hotel airport thing. Then at 6.30 in the morning, I'll be on the plane. Driving in the snow. Yeah, it's not much snow. It'll be fine, fine, fine. And then that's it. And that's the reason we have no podcast next week. But we will have the week after. And I plan while I'm there to do at least two mini reviews somewhere in a nice warm setting. If they're on a beach or... Mini reviews of? uh, Movies that I choose at random. (laughs) That just come to my head. And I plan on watching a lot of Netflix this week. (laughs) You going to have some chicks coming over? I I told you, your sister asked me... um, My sister? On Facebook. Is coming over? No, your sister asked me on Facebook, oh, uh, what are you going to do when your wife's not there for a week? I said, hookers and pizza. <laughs> but I just buy all that food. I don't care about the hookers. The, the hookers do not spend money on pizza. The hookers I bought will, you all that food. The hookers bring pizza with them. I have a special service. <laughs> and do their boobs open up with... Babies come out. Babies come out with... <laughs> I actually have no concern whatsoever over your behavior while I'm gone. I will be, be. You're more concerned about me getting in contact with you, which is sweet. I will video game and watch Netflix. My mother lives in a place where she has to make an effort to go to find a computer that has the internet every other fourth day or so. And so it's I'm sure, she, sure she, she can get to it more often than that if she wanted to. If I don't really want to, she I'm was, going She's been on it every day this week. That's because she's excited right. that I'm coming. And what was her request? What did she want me hair to do? A hair frost and tip kit for her graying blonde hair. Because they don't have that, apparently. Well, she's in Mexico. The I sun should blonde hair. <laughs> Who cares? But, and we'll see. You know, that'll be the, that'll be the story to tell. If I'm able, because I've had to take it out of the box and put each thing in a Ziploc, you know, put the stuff in a Ziploc bag. Would she be mortified if she didn't get that? No, no. I told her. Be warned. Because if they confiscate it. No, she must have took one there herself before, right? No. Oh, she's never asked. Not that I know of. But anyway, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I will be having a good time, taking lots of pitches. I love going places. I love flying. I love sitting in the airport. I love waiting in the airport. I love it all. I think it's a very fun thing to do. You've got a Zoom this time. You can got, uh, listen Zoom, to your music. I've got my camera. You've put some road shows for me on there. Antiques road shows. Yeah. And EastEnders. And EastEnders. Um, and I've got good music. I mean, I'm prepared. I, I am a happy traveler because I don't stress out. I have everything prepared ahead of time. You are not convinced that I can get all of my goods. I'm taking one little bag. I'm I not even taking 10 days worth of clothes. I don't believe you can. I'm taking a pair of shoes and a pair of sandals, a pair of pants, a skirt, two shirts, swimsuit, a couple of pairs of underwear. You're going to wear the same underpants the entire time? It's possible. Nice. Nobody's going to get close to my underpants, so I don't really care. <laughs> I have no, there's no delusion here. It's not like a fancy, prancy kind of a vacation. It's going to be hot and sweaty, and I don't care what I'm wearing. There's sinks full of water. I can wash my clothes. So I'm traveling light. Right, so um, I want to say before I actually wet myself. Me too. Oh my God, me too. I want to say thank you for listening to uh, the podcast. I want to remind you about our website. Say scully.com, sidtalk.com. We're both on Twitter, uh, at ascully and at sidtalk. Facebook, Xbox Live, you've got YouTube mini-reviews, you will do some while you're there. You won't upload them while you're there. No, no, no. You'll upload them when you come back. Um, you can catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or the RSS feed. Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe, do anything you like. 
listen to the podcast there listen to all 109 episodes and if you listen to all 109 episodes then that'll tide you over the week we're missing <laughs> so um that's a lot of time you can email uh feedback to me at ascoli don't email feedback to Sid because she's on holidays so you won't be able to check in her email <laughs> and uh i want to say um stay classy um mexico Ah. You're going to oh, miss and, me. Oh, and stay classy. Happy Valentine's Day. Sid Talk. Oh, thanks. Are you going to miss me? No. <laughs> I've got hookers, hookers, I've got hookers and, pizza. and pizza. Come on. <laughs> hookers and pizza and Mass Effect 2. Why, and Bioshock 2. Come Why on. Why would you miss me? Come on. Yeah, you're going to be you're gonna be missing me. And I'm going to say, uh, think for yourself, everyone. Just because someone made up Valentine's Day doesn't mean you can't tell the people that you love every day. Don't wait for some stupid holiday that they made up. Just think for yourself. And don't let Hallmark do it for you. And how about the written review for this uh, mo- five minutes? about movie? it? You're going to do that? You've already told me I have to. Okay, good. <laughs> you, wanted it, you wanted it recorded so that if it doesn't happen, yes. then you can throw it back in my face? Well, then I might just not do it. Okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> See you in two weeks. Is it two weeks? Yeah. Ten days. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>